Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Thursday, October 26, 2017, and this is The Ride. Yet another beautiful day. I'm glad to be talking with y'all. Can you believe that I am not caffeinated? It is 7.28 in the morning. The sun has not yet risen past that horizon, but it's just about to. Whenever I see that, I'm reminded that there's a whole new day, and it has not been determined yet. What determines it? Mostly our attitude. What's your attitude going to be like today? We have a whole new day right now. When I think about that, it's like a blank canvas. I intend on making a masterpiece today. It might look like the masterpiece I might have done with finger paint when I was three years old, but to me, it's still a masterpiece. I wanted to talk today about teenagers, namely teenage boys. And I feel like I can speak to you like an expert. Why? Because I'm some kind of psychologist who knows everything? No. Because I'm a male that was a teenager once? Yeah, that's why. And my story will be unique to me, but there'll be many aspects that might be helpful for parents of a teenage boy. Now, I happen to be a parent of both an 18-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. And maybe someday I'll talk about raising daughters. But for that, I need to get some more material into my brain, I think. Because I pretty much was just winging it. I mean, I've read books on raising kids. So I do have some knowledge bouncing around in there. But in all honesty today, I want to talk to you about raising a boy. Just because I'm, I'm realizing where I've got shortfalls. And here I'm supposed to know everything, right? Because I was a teenage boy. So this this message really is for parents. But, but you know what? If you're a teenager, listen in. Knowing this is what I'm telling your parents might be a good idea for you to understand. This is practical life right now. So let's get into it. When I was a teenager, I didn't have a dad in the house. I did have a dad in the same city I lived in, so I saw him often. But I do realize now that I wish I had my father more active in my life. And I say that not as a condemnation to my father. I love my father. I will always love my father, and I see him often. But I say that as a warning to fathers right now of teenage boys. Because it will be easy, I believe, as I'm finding out. It's sometimes easy just to let them be let them be in a hormone huddle off in the corner of the house and just stay out of their hair. You know what I mean? Because we can't understand them. First things first, I want you to know, you're not going to understand them. You're going to understand them maybe because as fathers, you went through something when you were a teenager. So you'll understand that maybe from a a physiological, psychological point of view. 
But even that, everybody's different, so you're not going to fully understand it. And then you've got the whole culture difference between your teenage years and the current teenage years. Completely different. All I can say to you is the Word of God does have some wisdom. Now, I could go all the way through Proverbs. I didn't do that this morning, but I could cherry-pick all of the parental scriptures I'll leave that for you. You are well capable to do that. But in Ephesians, as I was listening to it this morning, I was hoping that I'd come across that scripture. I, I didn't even remember it was in Ephesians, but I was listening to Ephesians and about the one where we're not to exasperate our children. And I was praying that I would hear that today. I didn't, I just think that's so cool. I wanted to hear that. Uh, so I know I'm supposed to be talking about this today. Don't exasperate your, your children. I'm going to focus in on boys, okay? There's this thing that's going on. There's a difference between daughters and sons, by the way. If you didn't know this, um, there is definitely some differences there. I think it stems from the fact that girls, and as they become women, they're... Now, this is generalities, okay? Please understand me. This is generalities. But generally speaking... Women are nesters and nurturers and have a different motivating factor in their life than men do. And boys, as they turn into men, I believe, go through a transition where they were the one that was nurtured, so the connection maybe was more strong with the mother, and then maybe they go through a period of time where there's a little bit more of a connection to the father because they recognize that their life is changing and they're becoming a man and they want examples. Now, I'm just guessing here. I haven't sat down with my son and said, did you go through this phase shift in your thinking? I'm, I'm kind of supposing this, okay? But I don't think that lasts for very long because what motivates boys and men is a stronger individual drive. It's one that separates from the family. And you want this. You just want to nurture it in the right way. And this is where it's so troubling for us fathers. We're not necessarily nurturers. Do you know? We want to go out there and kill the meat. So I'm having to become the nurturer and 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 be gentle with my son because I want to make sure and this is I want you to know this you want to make sure that he knows that you love him but he'll fight that and I think I'm speaking in generalities here but he will he may want to fight that because he's trying to figure out his independence so I I think back when I was a teenager and I know that I did some stupid stuff sorry mom but part of it was driven by this real strong need that I couldn't even put into words at that point for individuality and taking on new responsibilities. So I've been speaking in generalities, okay? Even knowing that, that's a tough thing to manage because fathers, you want to not exasperate your sons. So when they're having a very poor attitude, which I think that happens. I think it's part of the hormonal thing that's changing. 
I think it's them trying to establish dominance in their world and that you, you know, you are less and less the dominant factor. And so they're pulling away and it doesn't feel good because you see your son that you've raised and he's no longer the little guy that always looked up to you. Now he's the bigger guy who isn't never going to be that little boy again. I'm sorry to tell you. And you don't want that necessarily. You don't want, you may want to relive those early years where the love was received easier. I want to tell you, I'm speaking by faith at this point, but I believe that as your sons mature, I want to speak faith into the situation, into your situation, that that ability to receive love from you, fathers, will come back. It's, it's just a transition time that we're in right now. Now there's an element that complicates this one step further, and that is personality. Every kid has got their unique personality. My son is definitely not the same personality I have. And that's probably a good thing, because we would be button heads all the more, probably. But you're going to run into situations, and I, I have a situation I won't go deeply into, where I'm trying to teach my son some things. Even the process of teaching can cause trouble because teaching implies that you're the dominant one and they're wanting to be the dominant one. So what I want you to do, parents, fathers especially, I don't want you to throw your hands up in surrender. And, you know, I don't want you to say, yeah, I tried, I don't know what to do with this kid. It's true, they might not listen to your words of wisdom. And, and kids, if you're listening to this, please know, this is true from the bottom of our hearts. We love you more than we can put into words. And we're trying to help you and trying to prepare you for a world out there that you have no idea how cutthroat it is. You really don't. This generation, you're going to have a rude awakening. Then that's speaking by faith too. You need to have a rude awakening. You need to have an awakening. The world is not a YouTube video, and you're not going to be able to pick and choose your favorite parts of your life like you do in Pinterest or on Snapchat or whatever. In the real world, you're going to have to hear things about yourself that you don't want to hear. Like maybe you should work harder, or maybe you should get to work on time. Or maybe you should do it the boss's way, even though you think your way is the better way. I could go on and on. There is a life out there, and teenagers, boys especially, you're going through this phase where you want to be the independent guy, but the reality is you still need to do what Christ said and submit himself to authority. You know, in the Word of God, it talks about how Jesus didn't flaunt the fact that he was equal with God. Instead, he made himself a servant. We're to be as Christ in this world. So parents and teenagers alike, Christ is our example. And we're to humble ourselves under the authority that's been placed over us. So teenagers, that's your parents. And parents, 
I want to remind you, don't exasperate your children. When they're teenagers, especially teenage boys, I've found the hard way that if I'm just making rules to reinforce the position of authority that I know I have, it can sometimes backfire. You know, you'll do this, and I don't want to hear a word about it. You're going to do this. A better way, probably, and I'm still learning this, is to say, look, give them the why. This is why it's important for you to do this. Okay, so they at least have the why. Sprinkle that with some love and some reasons why it's good and and why you feel it's a good thing for them. But ultimately, they're going to choose to do it or to not do it. Now, if you set up the ground rules, fair and appropriate, and then they make the decision, then they have to deal with the consequences. As long as it's communicated properly, not in anger, but in love, maybe it's firm, but it's still clear. I don't have an example, but I'm sure you're thinking of one. So remember how earlier I was talking about personalities. It can be really difficult if the very thing you're trying to teach to prepare them for the real world is the thing that creates great stress in their life. An example. Uh, I'm going to just pull this out. Um, An example for daughters, even though we're talking about sons mostly here. But for example, if I'm going to speak to my daughter and say, look, it'd be really good if you held yourself and had a good posture. Let's talk about posture. It will make you look more approachable when you're with your friends and when you're doing a job interview or something like this when you have a proper posture it conveys maturity and self-assuredness and you know a handful of other good traits but if you have posture that's in the wrong way uh, it, it can appear that you're closed off or something like this Now that might be given in the most loving way possible, but that teenager might hear you say, you've got terrible posture, and if you don't fix something about it, it's gonna forever ruin you. And that teenager might be thinking, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I can't seem to fix it. And then it further creates this hole that they're crawling into. And all the while their posture doesn't improve. What do you do in a case like that? How do you help someone if they feel that the very thing that you're trying to do is the very thing they can't do? How do you how do you do it? Guess what? You probably can't. You probably can't do it. This might be one of those things where you're past the limit of what you can do. It's really them. But you do have an advocate. His name is Christ Jesus. So if you've hit the wall, like we all hit the wall at times, it may boil down to what you know you need to do, which is ask for help, ask God's help in the situation. So today, Lord, many of us are parents, and those who I've been speaking to are parents of teenagers. And Lord, we've hit periods of time we don't know how to deal with the situation. We love our kids. We want the best for them. We want to make sure that they're prepared for the world ahead. 
And I even recognize that the responsibility I have as a parent means I can't just be their friend, their best bud, but I have to be one in authority. But right now, Lord, I submit to your authority. And I admit that I don't have all the answers, and I know that you do. Lord, help us raise our kids. Help us raise our sons to know that, yes, they can be independent and and start to have responsibility for their domain, but help us to convey to them the incredible importance of being humbled before the authority over you as we're humbling ourselves before you right now, Lord. Give us opportunities where we can teach our kids this very aspect of serving you in ways that maybe don't require words. We ask for you and the Spirit of God to speak into their lives. Be that reminder that they need from heaven. We've placed good things into our kids. And your word says that if we've done that, they won't depart. Lord, speak into their hearts right now. Let them know that you love us and you love them. And help us, Lord, as parents to ask our kids for forgiveness when we've blown it. Help us to be humble in that way. Because, Lord, I know we mess up at times. And our kids are smart. They're going to know it. Help us to admit our mistakes and help us to love our kids unconditionally. Lord, I declare that our kids, the new generation, the new day ahead of us, our kids are going to be running the show. Help us to know how to raise them properly and also help us to release them into your care as they mature into adulthood. I thank you for putting our kids into our lives. No matter how hard it is, I still am in awe. Thank you for being there for us, Lord, and help us to be there for our kids. Amen. Okay, parents, the mandate is clear. You stay in that word, you live in peace, and you pray for those who persecute you. And there is a day ahead where all of the arguments, disagreements, miscommunications, they're going to melt away And your adult child is going to look at you one day and say, you know what, I know I was a pistol, but I thank you for being there for me. Until then, trust the Lord your God and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. All right. And I will see you on the flip.